Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew and New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, with my good friends, Avery Zaretsky and Cody Frankel. It's basically August, July 31st, not much going on. Lafreniere still hasn't signed. And uh, yeah, there's nothing to really fucking talk about as far as the Rangers go. So I'm just going to send it over to you guys and whatever you want to talk about, you guys take it away. Avery, Cody, say something. Well, we're more important than the team right now. So everybody wants to hear how our weekends went. You've had a crazy week. Yeah, I just came back from Canada. Uh, had a great trip out there with the Bob Does Sports guys. If you if you're not familiar with them, they're a big golf channel on YouTube, and they're very funny. There's three of them. They got one guy, Bobby Fairways, who is a guy on Instagram. He started just doing videos by himself, filming himself doing funny stuff, and then started this golf empire. Joey Colca. I mean, this crew is like. You'll watch the stuff that Bob will record and put out and you'll think it's like fabricated because of how ridiculous they are. Mm-hmm. But after spending eight days with them, they it is exactly how they are. I mean, there's literally a guy with them. His name's Fat Perez. He looks like Pat Perez, the golfer, but he's just very fat. And they found him because Bob was doing these like covid streams um, where he would like bring in a ton of people and they would just do funny <laughs> shit. Cody, I hate you. man. Yeah, what are yeah, you my, doing? my weekend? My weekend was good, too. Thanks. No one cares about your weekend. Well, I think you're just oh, finishing okay. his thought. Uh, but yeah, that's the one I've ever heard. But anyways, um, they just did these COVID live streams and then they just found this guy who was literally like drinking in his cubicle and thought he was funny and then realized Bro, just tell he was us a how scratch you shot golfer. And let's move on. Dude, no. what is going on? I'm just trying to tell a story. I'm kidding. I'm Cody no. hopped into this like recording and was so dead and like got this instant burst of energy out of nowhere. I actually people were probably like interested in that, but now it doesn't matter. I actually uh, yeah, I had, a great, week, I had a great weekend in Vancouver, Whistler. It was awesome. Um, I got stuck in Toronto Airport. My flight got canceled. Stayed in Toronto a night, and now I'm back. Great, got it. Good. But I actually really want to know how you shot. I didn't play. I filmed. Oh, you didn't play at all? No. I mean, I played one. I played one round, but like I was mostly filming. It was work, brother. Grind oh, never okay. stops. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This ain't my only job. Johnny doesn't pay well enough. Damn. I wish. Cody, how was your marvelous weekend? It was. It was fine. I. I actually got. You look like shit. I, why? Do you agree, Avery? Yeah. I mean, I don't really care about Cody's weekend now. <laughs> yeah, a- Avery's butthurt, but why do I look like shit? I look fucking gorgeous. I think you. I mean, it's just an observation. I don't the know. hair looks okay. good, but your face is like very like. It's bloated. Yeah. yeah. Well, how much you drink? I, I did just drive for five hours. So That'll your face, it. your face gets puffy when you drive. Do you like driving in ninety degree weather? I drove today too. Yeah, where to your fucking back mom's in the Hampton, just the same place you were. Yeah. Okay, bud. What I were did. you doing? I went to a uh, Alzheimer's event last night. Oh, it was okay. actually pretty sick. It was called like Fork It Alzheimer's. It was at one of my friends, like college friends' house, and they had like three tents set up like a bar and like crazy amount of food. Like dude, this place, you took like a golf cart to get to the house. Like it was nuts. And uh, I ate like, dude, the amount of food I ate last night, like I don't even want to say, but it was like seven lobster tails. Like they had unlimited flamignon. Like it was just like crazy food, crazy party, but it was, it was all for a good cause. It was awesome. I do a lot. I go to like a lot of the Alzheimer's events. My friend's mom um, like helps run them and stuff. And Alzheimer's is like, very prevalent in my friend group so uh, it was a cool little event that they put on not little it was it was crazy but it was awesome mm. very nice that's great dude the summer is literally flying i mean i feel like you know obviously tomorrow as people are listening right now is august and have you guys felt like we've even had a summer i don't know the summer has felt so weird it, it just like the weather's kind of been weird there hasn't yeah. been like consistent weather at all today um, was like cold yeah, I mean, everybody's summer is a little different, right? Like a lot of people spend their summers at the beach. I I'm a beach person, but I like don't I've never had like a beach house or anything. I used to like, go down to the Jersey Shore for like a week. But um, yeah, the summer is a, is a little bit of a drag now. Um, this week's going to be really nice, actually. So I'm going to like take the roof off my car and the doors mm-hmm. off. So it'll be like a nice week. But other than that, um, it, it's it's a, it's a weird time right now because it's almost like baseball, I'm a Yankee fan. They suck, so it's like hey, just waiting for the fuck waiting. you, Johnny. What? I'm <laughs> for saying I look like shit. 
Cody's being weird. All right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just like kind of waiting for football season and uh, hockey season. The Giants are, are starting to look good, which is nice. Are they? Yeah, they're putting stuff together in camp. Darren Waller looks good. Daniel Jones, they re-signed Saquon Barkley. But this is a Rangers podcast. People don't care about that. No, 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 well, we do. So here's I thing. actually am really excited to watch the Jets on Hard Knocks. Hell yeah, dude. And I'm not a Jets sick. fan. It's going to be sick. Yeah. I am. But um, And they might sign Dalvin Cook literally today. I so. saw him at the facility today. Oh, you were there? You were waving like, high? Like on Instagram. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I actually care about the Yankees because they're a bunch of fucking idiots. And they should probably also we uh the Mets just fucking traded Scherzer, which is crazy. Um, that was the quickest contention window on on yeah. the planet. So I guess I guess they're retooling. I think Avery's uh taking yeah, a call from his sister. So we'll, we'll we'll get back to him in a little bit. But yeah, no, I mean the trade deadline for the MLB is Tuesday. So we'll see if the Yankees actually have some guts or not, or they're cowards. They have nothing, dude. And I love them to death. They're like my second favorite team, but it's just they're hard to watch right now. They won yesterday, which was nice. But yeah, hopefully if they win today, they're they're buying. And if they lose, they're selling. So yeah. and, and and they bench judge. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, they need to keep him healthy, though. He's so good. Yeah, I'm going to Chicago this week. I'm going to Wrigley for the first time. I don't know if you guys have been. Place is awesome. Very Wrigley rocks. Very yeah, hyped. Wrigleyville's sick. The area around, it's really nice. You're going to have a good time. I'm very hyped. And I'm not a baseball guy, but I feel like it's like. Whenever you go to like a classic ballpark, it's always just a good vibe. Yeah, of course. Like I, I hate the Red Sox, but Fen going to Fenway is awesome. Yeah, Fenway's sick. And Cody, I know uh, just a transition. I know you saw Oppenheimer and Barbie. I haven't seen either. Avery, I don't know about you. Have you seen either? Nah, I'm not interested in Barbie, but I definitely want to see Oppenheimer. I'm just trying to find the right right place to do it. Is Cody trying to mute. talk or he's on mute? It, was, it, it, it sucks. <laughs> they did like an alternate ending where they kind of killed him at the end. It was weird. But, uh... <laughs> Who, Barbie? Yeah. Ken and Barbie died. <laughs> um, I saw both. Oppenheimer was incredible. It was honestly top th- three movie of the year. I don't even and know what it's about. I don't know the premise of it. That's you. Sh- you should read a book. Um, <laughs> but but You're taking a history class, bro. Yeah, just just let him go, man. Yeah. Jo- you, know you know what? Johnny's been taking, taking a, a history lot. class. Johnny's been taking a it. lot of heat in the last couple of weeks. Did we even yeah. address a couple of things that Johnny's been doing? Yeah. <laughs> if you want. We should we do okay. So. Bruh. Let's yeah, let's let's circle to that. I like that. Jonathan likes to tweet, okay? <laughs> and sometimes when you tweet, you don't think. And now it's now I guess sticks. it's called an X, right? It's called you're you're dropping an X. Yeah. yeah. A Zeet, I think. Some things were said. Nothing really bad. Just, you know, some things and and that's that. Some in John in Jonathan's world, less is more does not exist. And the no. more you tweet, the more bad things can happen. But it's not even like I did anything so bad. I don't know what's going on. Cody, can you mad. just tell the listeners what happened so we're not just like talking about? Yeah, we're talking about Weeksy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I like to make the joke whenever, and this is actually about Oppenheimer. So my cousin like tweeted our conversation through DM. My cousin Jason like sent me like something about Oppenheimer, and I was like, what the hell is Oppenheimer? Like, I keep seeing it everywhere, but I don't know what it is. And this is like the day before it came out. And he's like, dude, you are literally useless outside of hockey. You don't know anything. And he tweeted the conversation. True. So true. I, and I like whenever I look stupid on Twitter, I always like make a joke that I got hacked. Like, I think that's like a common thing that people do. But like, I thought it'd be recognizable and funny if I just took the hack message that came from Kevin Weeks's account and like copy and pasted it into my account. So it's like, oh, I got ha-. like people know that I wasn't actually hacked because it was a quote tweet. But it's like me making the joke that I was hacked because I look stupid. And I didn't think about it, obviously, but. Kevin Weeks took it personally and like screenshotted my tweet and like basically just like ripped my life to shreds. Called me like he's like, if you're not a comedian, like or, or I, I, let, me, let me try to find the tweet. I think you're pretty funny. That's just, that's I, just I, me, so. I would love to get him on this to address it. I, know. I, I actually I texted him and apologized. Did he huh? respond? No, he never responded. He he's probably not too happy, but you know it's okay. You live and you learn, and it was a little bit of a hard move by him tagging the NHL and no, and I don't, Rangers, I don't. But- I don't blame him. I mean, like, I get why it could have came across as personal. Here's the tweet, though. Hey, at JLazzy23, unless you're a stand-up comic, I'm not sure what's so funny about mocking the fact that my Kevin Weeks Twitter account has been hacked by some crooked clown. You're not a high school freshman. Be better. Thank you kindly. And then Honestly, ESPN and Hockey Twitter. you should go to an open mic night and then respond to him. The no, like, night. listen, I, I don't blame him for doing it, but, like, the joke was really on me. Like, I was trying to call myself stupid and just got misconstrued, like... It happens. 
Yeah, I love Weeksy. I think he might have taken it a little too personally. No, I, yeah, I love Weeksy too, and that's why I texted him and apologized. But like, you know, sometimes jokes just don't land, and that's the risk of tweeting. I don't. Yeah. I also don't really like the fact that he didn't respond. He could have responded. It's all good. Yeah, we move, we move on. I'm it, Team it, Johnny always. I, obviously, dude, look I'm, at him in that Henley. Even though he looks horrible, but it's all right. I'm sure I'll uh, I'll meet him in person sometime soon, and I'll and I'll apologize, and we'll have a good laugh about it, but. Yeah, I mean, listen. I don't know. I heard he, I heard he holds a serious grudge. He so probably he, will. Yeah, he probably will. I'm kidding, uh, I'm kidding. But, but moving on, moving on. Yeah, there's not much Rangers to talk about. Obviously, Loft didn't sign uh, yet. It is what it is. Very sketchy. Very sketchy. Do you guys want to talk about that a little bit, or do you want to brush past it? I don't know. Does it feel like they might be trying to move him if they're waiting so. this long, or are they just trying to see what other moves they can make before they can actually sign him? They they can't make any other moves. That's the that's thing. what I'm saying. No money. It's, so, so it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I thought as soon as Tarasenko signed with Ottawa, the Lafreniere contract would come out. Well, on 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 top of that, like, do you think maybe it's him holding things up as opposed I think to the, the Rangers? I think the only other thing that would be holding it would be the Patrick Kane thing, and maybe Tyler Mott because he hasn't signed anywhere. But but Kane already said he, Kane already yeah. publicly said he's not signing until after surgery. So that's or until he's like better. So that's yeah. going to be a couple weeks. Yeah, he won't be signed till like December, January, probably. Yeah, I kind of forgot that. Yeah, so I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe the only other who who else is a, a free agent? Is it just like, Mott? Yeah, but dude, their team is like they signed like five, four. Yeah, five. they wouldn't even they, need they Mott. Got, yeah, they yeah. got no space for Mott. It's it's a like at this point, I don't even know if I'm just Cooley trying to mentally are making the team. You know, I'm what just I mean? trying to so, mentally make sense of it. Yeah, uh, any well, way possible, and there's just not. Yeah. Yeah, it really does make sense, which is it, it's weird. It's it's definitely weird. And um, you know, I, I, I guess we'll see kind of how that nets out, but I, I don't know what the holdup there is. I'm I'm almost starting to think it's him as opposed to them. Like just my thoughts. I think that would have came out by now though, if he was like holding out or whatnot, you know. Yeah, I mean, somebody somebody always leaks it. Like Do you think maybe they're arguing over one year or two year? No, because then they could just go to arbitration, right? Yeah. I guess, yeah. I really have no idea, like, what to think. I, I like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I also feel like, uh, I feel like I saw somewhere that the contract was done. They just haven't announced it yet, too. Like, I, I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of weird theories about it. Yeah. Who knows? We'll figure it. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll get to the bottom of this. But also, I do want to say, because I haven't mentioned it yet, we do have a great interview today with Bunyevis, former New York Ranger, played for the Rangers for about four seasons. Uh, great guy, great conversation. I know you guys couldn't join that one. Still trying to figure out our schedules and whatnot, but uh, awesome talking to him. And uh, is there anything else really to like this? Like, there's nothing going on right now. This like this window of like August to September, there's like not going to be much. I think Lafreniere is really the only thing that we're waiting on. And then once September comes around, like football's on and like training camps start and all that stuff, hockey starts to ramp up a little bit. But the month of August is just so dead as far as hockey goes. Um, yeah, I'm still. I don't know about you guys, but like. I'm still a little down on the Rangers, like just sad. Like I, I like the moves they made. I, I, I'm very, very happy with them. I think they pretty much maximized their value, like complete. Like Drury did a stand-up job this off season, but I'm just like still a little sad that it's like now we have to wait another, I don't know, ten months until we see a playoff game. Just yeah. So. I, I feel very confident about the group, though. I think they did everything that they could with the money that they had. And, totally. It, and you got guys. Yeah. I mean, we, we know the story. It's heavily reliant on the younger guys coming That's it. back. It's and those two guys. It. Yep. It's those two guys. If th their cup potential hinges on Lafreniere and, and Kako breaking out. Like, that's I, that's it. I think that's it. I am kind of, like, sick and tired of just, like, praying that we, like, sign somebody or trade for someone. It is nice that, like – it, now yeah. it's just like our core like they have to just figure it out on their own i don't know if you guys saw the video of bald panarin uh skating around no you i see, didn't that? see that no yeah no. using like a, he, he was skating in like some russian skate or whatever but he's got he's bald he's got no hair <laughs> i didn't Man. see that do you think marner's getting moved did you see all that stuff that came out that was like maybe now instead of like moving Nylander, they're going to move the Leafs are going to move Marner. And, and somebody was saying like Marner, of course saying Marner to the Rangers. And I was like, there's no chance. I will say it was nice seeing Vlad not being in our division anymore. Would yeah. you trade Panarin for Marner? No, I wouldn't. How old's Marner? 
I think he's 26. No, he's only 26. There's no way. Let me double check. If he's only 26, I, I reluctantly yeah. would say yes. Okay. I didn't know he was 26. Oh, yeah, he's, he's 26. Older. Okay, yeah. Really? Yeah. If, if it's a one-for-one, one, I would do it. If Damn. it's a one-for-one, one, I would do it. Dude, Panarin's 30. He's 30. I'm such and a sicko, though. Like, Panarin's just so much more likable. Uh, to- I feel like he's, totally. that's just my guy. And, I mean, his Panarin's my favorite tangling, athlete. Right there. He's, yeah. Johnny knows. He's my favorite athlete. But, like. I love them both. I'm indifferent to that trade. I feel like they're kind of the same player, no? No, very Mar- similar. Marner kills penalties too. He's way more defensively sound than than Panarin is. I mean, Marner had 99 points last season, which so gross. is so just high. Not Marner's had over 90 points three times. I think Panarin's only done it once, right? No way. I think he's only done it one time. 95 points. I think that's it. Oh no, no, no. he just had 92. That's a lie. That's a lie. Yeah, there's no. He's way done it three times. Me. Also, I'm so wrong. No, he's done it three <laughs> times. Also. Yeah, I was gonna say Panarin. I think has like the most. He's like top five in points in the last five years. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, but Marner's there too. Marner's yeah. there too. No, no, Marner's a great player, but uh, I don't. I hate 30. thinking of hypotheticals of guys that I love. But it would be interesting. Yeah, if he's twenty six, I'd probably do it then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is just but, the August but, conversations that we have. Yeah, it, it would. It would never happen bullshit. though. And also, Panarin's my guy, and I would feel like shit afterwards. So. Yeah, I would just feel like uh, like I had like like film over my body. I, like I also have two Panarin jerseys, so I'm. I, I would. I would <laughs> yeah. he, he's like he's like one of the only players who would get traded while he's still playing, and I'd probably still wear his jersey. You would feel financially responsible, but uh, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else. Do you guys? I don't really have anything else to say either, Avery. I don't know if you have anything else before we move on. No, sir. All right, so before we go into this interview with Bunievs, I want to talk to you guys about a sponsor, Foreplay. It's an experiential app that allows you and your buddy to make your own profile. You team up and go out with other pairs of single people. It's all about the experience, so it's not about the dating necessarily. It's more about the banter, the group chat, all that fun stuff that you love to do in the summer. And listen, we're almost in August right now. It's July 31st. Summer's running out, so all those double dating experiences that you get in the beautiful warm weather, especially in New York City, you're running out of time. So go sign up for Foreplay right now. We have the link in our description to this episode. It's going to be uh, under the episode description in Apple Podcasts on Spotify. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube, it's in the episode description for YouTube. So click the link. Sign up for Foreplay. Avery and I are actually going to Bluebird, not this week, but next week in New York City. We're looking for two girls to take out. We want to have a double date. Cody's going to try and ruin the experience for us, it- I'm sure. What? If somehow you two ugly mugs can land two girls to get a date, I for sure want to like host it, and maybe I'll sell tickets and like we'll 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 a live a double charity. date. We'll give it a we'll give it the charity of Avery's choice or something like that. I'll Who do call you think Sam Rose. Liability on a double date, me or Avery. I've been I've only been with Avery when he's drunk twice, and both <laughs> times he's held himself pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I've been with you a couple times, and like your eyes get really rosy. So Who like says I, we have to get drunk. I guess we're going to the bar. Come, so. come on, bud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I would say you because you know what? Probably midway through the date, you're gonna be like, "Hold on, ladies, be real." And and I actually would do that. Yeah, that's, sure. actually, <laughs> that's something I would definitely do <laughs> for sure. So I, I'm gonna go with you. I don't think either of you would actually be that big of a liability. So kudos to you, snaps. But um, you say snaps and you just like rub your fingers together. I said sna- snaps. Yeah, you know, a little fucking yeah. Interesting yeah, guy. So, so that's that. Back to the moral of the story, bring your best game to the date with foreplay where you and your single buddies team up, make a shared profile, and go out with other pairs of single friends. It could be anything. It could be a baseball game, going to the bar, playing mini golf, anything, you name it, but sign up with foreplay now. And with that being said, let's get into the interview with Bunieves. Hope you guys enjoy it. This week on the Blue Crew, we are very happy to welcome on the 59th overall pick for the Rangers in the 2012 draft. That sounds like an ancient lifetime ago. I know it's crazy, but uh, he played for the Rangers for four years. This is long overdue. Welcome to the show, my friend, Bunieves. Boo, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a long time coming. We've been trying to track each other down, but uh, here we go. Very kind of you to do this from the gym. I know you're working for Top Line Hockey. A good friend of ours, Justin Selman, helped start that company. But can you just talk about what you're doing right now outside of the game? I know you're still very involved. But, uh, yeah, what's going on with you? Yeah, yeah, no. So I, I retired uh, about two years ago now. And, yeah, ever since then, I've been working with Top Line. We started doing our first camps when we were still playing, when Justin was playing pro, Connor, myself, and RJ. Um, and then those guys kind of picked it back up about two years ago. And then as I was finishing up with my career, 
Um, I hopped in and those guys were already crushing it. Got two locations now, one up in Newburgh um, at ice time. Now we've got another one. I'm at the one in the city right now, um, running out of pretty much any rink you can name in the tri-state area. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been growing and the kids are awesome. And it's, uh, it's been a fun ride so far. Got to recruit you for my Chelsea Peer League next season. We need a ringer. <laughs> <laughs> right, you give me the day and time. I'll be there. Dude, it's honestly so fun. There's so many ex, not as much pro guys, but a lot of ex-college guys. Well, you'd probably tear it up, but you'd fit right in. Like, it's actually a pretty good skate. I don't know if you guys do beer league and whatnot. I think some of my uh, Robilotti, Toivo, a lot of the guys that skate with us, like the college and prep guys, I think a lot of them play in that too. It's so fun. I mean, yeah. it's just it's just so different. Like carrying a bag on the subway, like having a beer, like at ten o'clock at night on a Wednesday night. You got to wake up for work the next day, and then you play a competitive hockey game. And guys like fighting out there, it's, and it's you're really literally crazy. you're wired until like two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 nuts, but it's so fun. And, and I don't want to get too off topic because I could talk about that for like an hour. But let's rewind. Let's talk about, you know, your draft day. You're selected by the Rangers. You're from New York. I know it's like kind of the Syracuse upstate area, but did you grow up a Rangers fan? Honestly, not too much. Um, actually, my my coach for most of my life, Steve Sabelli, was a huge Rangers fan. Mm -hmm. His whole family was and, and they loved the Rangers. And um, so, like, I, I would watch games with them because I spent a lot of time with their son, Mark, because we grew up probably playing together, I'd say, eight, nine, ten years almost. Oh, wow. But I actually grew up – I love Buffalo. I love the Finneganoff. Um, okay. Like, Max Shatan. Yeah, like uh -huh. all those guys. And then I love Three? Colorado. Like that whole um, – like Joe Sackick, Tenge, because my brother was a Red Wings fan, so, like, that was, like, our little rivalry. How'd that happen? I don't know, honestly. I, think <laughs> I just I just like the jerseys. I like the colors, and my brother liked Detroit, and I was like, all right, well, I like Colorado, and then we just kind of battled it out. That's so interesting. Like from Syracuse, New York, and you guys are Detroit Abs fans. That's so, yeah, I, mean, I guess so that random. time though, it's like those are the two teams, right? That are battling every year. Yeah, exactly. We were bandwagon fans. So you played four years at Michigan, all four. And I know you played a big game at MSG. You scored a goal against Penn State, yeah. which is pretty sick. So at that time, had you been drafted by the Rangers when you scored that goal? You were, right? Yeah, yeah. I was drafted going into my freshman year. And I think that game was played, I think that was our senior year. Mine and Justin's oh, actually. Wow. Yeah, no, that was awesome. That was such a cool experience. Um, I mean, obviously, it was a huge game for me. I wanted to show out for, <laughs> yeah. for management and all that stuff. Um, were they all there? Yeah, yeah, they were all there. Oh, um, so it was, it was huge. Yeah, and it was fun. And, like, all my family and friends were there. And same with Justin because he grew up in Jersey, and he actually scored too. So mm -hmm. two happy campers on the on that plane ride home. I still remember watching him sell you, like, on his back. He scored, like, a goalie right in the net mouth, right? And then, like, Yeah, crazy, he was like, on his yeah. back. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah crazy Sally. No, but speaking of those Michigan teams, like this is what I want to transition into. You played with a lot of like former Rangers in your years of Michigan, right? Like Truba, Cop, Mott. Uh, I feel like I'm missing one more. Is there another one? Um, I think that's it right now, yeah. Well, I guess so you were a freshman when Truba was a senior. You, we were in the same class. Oh, same Truba class. Truba and I were same class. He left after his first year. Um, so I think he was like eighth overall to Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. And then Cop was in my class. Um and he literally, he essentially was a walk-on and then was no our way. captain our junior year. That is wild. And you guys had those nasty teams like Connor we were, and yeah. So I, you know, it's, it's so funny. I know like we, I, we have the jerseys hung up here and it's funny because like all the parents ask us like, oh, you played in Michigan. And then they're like, oh, did you play with anyone good? I'm like, Cobb, <laughs> Connor, Wierenski, Larkin, yeah. Mott, Truba, you name them. We played with them. Comfer, mm -hmm. like it's, it's actually crazy. And they're like, well, why didn't you guys win? And I'm like, well, it, Michigan's a school where like guys come in, Larkin came in for a year, tore it up and then, and then went pro. Like that's just, yeah. sorry, strength coach is here. Um, oh, um, yeah, no. And it's, it's just crazy. Like it's just a school where guys come in so young. Like Wierenski came in a year early. He was 17 yeah. his freshman year and still tore it up. And we had to beg him to stay for a second year. And then after that, I was like, do you want to do a third? He's like, boo, I already signed my contract. I'm yeah. like, all right. <laughs> I remember I was in high school during those years. And I remember like every year, like watching you guys in like the big 10 tournament. And then obviously in the NCAA tournament, but like, man, that team was absolutely loaded. It must've been so fun. And I, I just have to ask you like, what's one good Jacob Truba college story. You got to have one. Uh, there's a couple. One of them actually is funny. appropriate ones. Obviously appropriate <laughs> ones. Um, <laughs> I would probably say the night he he met his now wife. Actually, we were at the bar and he Skeeps. was wearing. Yeah, we were at Skeeps. That's right. He was wearing a Superman costume. He didn't want to like go out, and he like just picked up a costume last second. And Kelly, his now wife, mm -hmm. was wearing a Wonder Woman costume, and like that's how they kind of like started mingling and fast forward. And now they're living in New York City. Troop is the captain, and um, yeah, they're married now. 
That's actually unreal. Like it, it must have been just been a layup for him that night. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it was it was hilarious. It's funny because actually I ran into her because I go to the games now, um, mm-hmm. and I saw her the other day, and it was just funny, kind of talking about it. But um, yeah, no, there's there's a lot, but that's definitely one of the better ones. I visited Michigan. It was my freshman year. I was actually turning 21. It was you know St. Patty's Day of freshman year. I didn't go in as a true freshman, and Jake Slaker, who was a freshman at the time on Michigan, took me to Skeeps. And they snapped my fake ID in half, like literally a week no before way. I turned a week before I turned 21. I couldn't even get in. It was so annoying. Like everyone talks about how like yeah. that bar is like probably a top 10 college bar in the country. And I was like literally so close to setting foot in and so close to turning 21. And they snapped it in half right in front of my face. It was so annoying. We and Justin were actually we were in Ann Arbor for the coaches, like because he won that award. And we were actually walking by Skeeps in Ann Arbor. And it was funny because Justin looked at that corner and he was like, I've never felt more emotions anywhere else in the world than I have on that specific corner. I'm like, that's so true. Like, like getting in is like the biggest rush ever. And then getting denied is the worst feeling ever. Like every high and low you've ever felt, you felt on that corner at Skeeves. Michigan is like, it's such an incredible place. And I didn't get it till I went there. And like, it, it really is like probably the most like alumni based college, like that's prevalent in the world. Right. Like I, I have to think. Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, everywhere I go, I, I know you live in the city too. Like mm-hmm. everywhere we go, like there's just some, there's a Michigan flag, a Michigan shirt, a Michigan hat. And when we were in Ann Arbor, we stayed with our buddy Nico Pericos who played there with us. Um, I mean, it's just cool. Like every, everywhere you look, there's, there's a Michigan, you know, alumni fan, peer, you know, whatever it is. So no, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely very alumni driven. Yeah. I wish I could spend another weekend there, but hopefully I have a kid that goes there someday, but <laughs> let, let's jump into the process of leaving college, signing in the NHL or signing your first contract. I know you only played like one game, right? Your first year, maybe a little bit more than, than one your first year, but can you talk about just that transition and moving to New York city and what it was like being an NHL or here in the big apple? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, I was actually pretty close to leaving after my junior year. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking into red Berenson's office and he was just like, He's a man of few words, and like when you sit, <laughs> guy. Table, yeah, when you sit across the table from this guy, it's like it's like a movie scene. Like I like sat down, and he just like was just like looking at me, like, <laughs> and I was like, like, like you gonna say up, something? Yeah, yeah. And he, was just, like, he would just like nod his head, and he's like, "What's up?" I'm mm-hmm. like, "Nothing." You called me in here, and what, what's going on? He's like, "He's like, how's life?" I'm like, "Life's great." He's <laughs> Tell like, me. Yeah, he's like, "You having fun here?" I'm like. Yeah. He goes, you're going to be a captain next year, right? I'd be like, yeah. He goes, so why are you leaving? I go, <laughs> I guess I'm not. I don't know. I, I'm not anymore, I guess. He's like, all right. And like, that it's was a total mind fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was our conversation. I walked out there. I'm like, I call my agent. I'm like, Alec, I, I think I'm staying. He's like, all right, have fun. <laughs> we'll tell the Rangers wait another year. So that was probably one of the better decisions I made. Um, mm-hmm. Then I ended up playing there my senior year. And then I signed right after season. And then I went to Hartford, um, actually played really well. It was fun. The guys were great there. And I actually had a really good camp when we went to Travers. And um, I was actually slated to possibly make the team out of camp, but I got a concussion my last, uh, the last game there. So I missed pretty much all of training camp. And it was frustrating because I had so much momentum going. I had a great senior year. I had an awesome camp in Travers. Like, and I was like, I was feeling on top of the world, like yeah. being in New York City with all my friends. I was like, this is it. And got a concussion, was out. And then I played in the last exhibition game. But like that was like the first time, like my first like NHL experience, per mm-hmm. se, I guess, if you will. And it was tough. Like I wasn't really up to speed. I hadn't skated in like months. And everyone knows the whole concussion process. It sucks. Um, so then uh, I didn't make the team, got sent to Hartford um, and then started off really well. Got off to a fast start um, and then got called up, I think, a month into the season. And I went up, played a game in Vancouver, um, played OK. Um, it was great, but they sent me down and they're like, hey, you know, um, hopefully by Christmas we'll have you back. You know, we'll make some moves and get you back here mm-hmm. right before Christmas break. I got another concussion and that one was pretty bad. Um, that one kept me out for the rest of the season, actually. So that was tough because then I was out for from December until the end of the season in whatever, April. And then a whole summer on top of that. So that was a good like six months of not playing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was really frustrating because I feel like I went from the top of the world to, you know, rock bottom that next year, um, didn't make the team out of camp, um, got sent down. And then I got called up probably a couple months in and then was up for 
I think most of the year that year. I actually um, wanted to ask you one quick thing though about that first year. Cause the first year you're, yeah. you're referring to just like timeline for people listening, this is 2016, 17 is the first year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. That was 2016, 17. Um, played my first game at the end of 2016 uh-huh. was out for the first half of the 17 year. And then 2018 comes around, I get sent down, but then I'm called up for pretty much, I think I got called up around like November. And I want to say I was there mm-hmm. through the rest of the season. Um, and that was like, kind of like my first, like real NHL, like experience of being there, you know, the consistency. For, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was amazing. Honestly, I think I had three assists in my second game wow. and it was my first game at MSG. Um, and it was awesome. Um, and then from there you just, it's, it's confidence driven. Anyone you ask who plays in the NHL, it's just confidence. Like everybody at that level can shoot, score, whatever you need them to do. It's just confidence. And when you have that confidence, it's, it's, it's amazing. You feel yeah. like you just have freedom out there and it's, there's, there's nothing more fun than playing in the NHL. It's, it's just such a rush and you look across the bench and there's stars next to you. And then you look at the other bench and there's stars over there. And it's, it's crazy because no matter how big the name is, what their contract is, this or that, like, it's another shift, you know? Yeah. What I mean? So it's, it's still cool because it just gets, you know, filtered down to just another shift in hockey. So I, I think that that was just such a cool experience. Um, you know, obviously playing for New York and original six team and, I don't want to say I'm a hometown kid, but you know, not too far from <laughs> home. So it's it's it was honestly, I, I, I it's funny because you know the parents ask me about it all the time, and mm-hmm. the guys here they always ask me, and sometimes I get goosebumps and I like forget like how, yeah. how amazing it was because when you're in it, like you know, I'm always so stressed about you know this, the next game, agents, this, that, getting traded, blah blah blah, and you, you for a guy like me who was kind of up and down a lot, it was hard to really enjoy, you know, being in the moment um, mm-hmm. and. I think that's what's the cool part about hockey is that no matter what else is going on in your life, when you're actually playing in a game, like there's nowhere else you can be other than in the game. So I think that the actual games for me were almost therapeutic in a way is crazy. Yeah. Cause that was the one time where I was truly present. Well, honestly, it's funny, right? Cause you kind of led me into this, but when you were on the Rangers, not only was it probably a stressful time for you, but it was also like a transitional time for the organization, right? Like you were on the team when that letter came out, I'm dying to know like what the vibe was in the locker room like that day. Like, I, like, there's, there's not a lot of moments that you hear or fans get to hear what it was like from the players that day because that is like a very monumental moment in this franchise's like history, that letter. Yeah, no, actually. So I had just gotten sent down. Um, okay. And then that I was on a – I remember I was on a bus. I was sitting with uh, John Gilmore and Stephen uh-huh. Fogarty. And that letter came out and everyone just kind of like perked up in their seat and like was looking around like – uh, is this like a joke? Like, is this real? <laughs> and I mean, it was good for guys like that because we were all sitting there being like, okay, well, this is our chance. Yeah. Literally this is our chance. And literally that night, I think Gilmore got called up. Fogarty got called up. Letary got like all these guys. I had literally just come down and then all <laughs> back up and I was just sitting there like, Fuck. Oh, I guess, uh, I guess they didn't have service when they tried to call me here, but no, it was, it was good. It was, it was cool because obviously, yeah, it's opportunity, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and that's what you want. Um, and that kind of finished out. That was like towards the end of, um, 2018. Um, so that was great. And then the, the next year I was up pretty much the whole year. So that would have been 2018, 19. Uh, yeah. 19. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. It was great for a guy like me. Um, but no, it was, it was definitely a weird vibe, um, because I, I don't really know like what the behind the scenes talks were with like management, but it was like, well, everybody's safe, but like people slowly like started like dwindling away. Like we got a new, this guy and then a new that guy. And then like all these people left and it was just like, who's next kind of thing. Um, so it was, yeah, it was, it was weird. Cause I think my first year that I got called up for that one game, that team was like all veterans. It was like Stepan and Nash and Girardi and Strawman and McDonough and Stahl and like all these guys that like I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. And it was just like crazy. Like the vibe in that locker room like was just like, I actually couldn't believe how like laid back everybody was. Like, it was like, obviously I'm pretty tense. It's my first game, but like <laughs> yeah. literally just kind of messing around, you know, shooting water bottles, making threes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there like, Oh my God, like <laughs> this is crazy. Like, I can't believe this. Yeah. And like, it was so relaxed and I couldn't believe it. And then fast forward to like the next year, this letter comes out. And then all of a sudden it's just like, every time you hit the ice in practice, it's just like, I gotta be good today because yeah. this could be my last day. I mean, you're always thinking that, but 
like even like accentuated, you know, at that time. Um, but but no, like we said, it was it was a great opportunity for guys like me. Um, and I think they made a lot of really good decisions, um, which has kind of led them to to where they are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a- any player right in that situation, like I don't know if there's anything relatable to it. But, you know, you always like you just said, like every day in the NHL, you're trying to earn your opportunity. But in that window specifically, it must have been just like, all right, here's like literally my shot to do it. And then obviously it, it paid off for you because you got to play the whole next season. Um, but something that I totally didn't mean to skip over that I did when you said you were a Sabres fan, but I wanted to like kind of get to it later on was the fucking winter classic, dude. You played at City Field against the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres. Like, you know, that game is also, you know, it's an overtime game. It's an unbelievable spectacle. Like I, I, got, to, I got to go to one, so I've experienced it. Not on the ice, obviously, but just being at the whole thing. It's it, it's quite the awesome event that the NHL throws on, and the Rangers are obviously outdoors again this coming year against the Islanders at MetLife. So can you just take us through that whole process, that day and that game? Because it was it was unbelievable. Yeah, no, that was, that was such a cool year because they also did the, they did the, obviously they did the 24 seven leading up to yeah. it. Um, and it was like crazy. Cause I remember like watching it like a couple years ago and they were just like, Hey, like these guys like knocked in my apartment. They're like, Hey, like 24 seven, like we're going to interview. And I was like, uh, all right, let me, let me put pants on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> put shirt on. All right. Um, no, it was cool. Um, it was, I mean, you're used to obviously at that level, you're used to always having people around with cameras and stuff, but like anything i feel like hbo is kind of like whoa like this is like yeah this is it like yeah. so they were following us for a while um and the lead up to it was so cool you're right like the nhl does, does such a great job like we did a, a skated i think it was lasker the one up in central park um mm-hmm. we did a practice there um i remember like you guys took the subway in like full gear right yeah i think that yeah. was brady jimmy and hazy they took the yeah. subway up and yeah we did the practice a little bit sluggish in practice that day <laughs> Um, I just remember this is actually so funny. I remember we were driving home and we were, they, they like sent us in like Ubers, like depending on where you live in the city. And for some reason, um, we drove through Times Square. I don't know why. Oh my God, it and, sucks. And Stahl, it was funny and it was so packed, obviously. <laughs> Stahl opens the window and goes, Holy crap, is that Henrik Lundqvist in the back? <laughs> Literally, people started flocking to the car like the car like couldn't move he was like honking like trying to get out like we literally just made it out in time it was so funny because like <laughs> i mean it's funny to us but hank's just like dude like hank's Fuck putting up you. the window now there's people following the car like it's just it was just funny because like hank was just like it was just like such a different level for him like you know like guys like me could just walk around and it's like you know someone here and there might be like are you Gunnavis? and like mm-hmm. Then I walk to the subway and I'm staring Hank in the eyes because it's, it's a picture of him and his helmet. Like that's yeah. like the difference. Like so, it's it was funny having guys like that around. But um, but no, the the Warren Classic was so cool. We did a practice there the day before. We did like the family skate. Mm-hmm. I remember actually it was so cold that morning and we were all freaking out. We were like putting on balaclavas. Like I had like thermal. Under- I never knew what those were called. So thank you. I didn't know that. either actually. I don't <laughs> yeah. Or anything. And they're like, hey, do you want a balaclava? I go, would you just call me? <laughs> I'm like, oh, a ski mask, of course. Yeah, sure. And so, like, I never wear like pants. I always wear like shorts. I wear like the thermal shorts, mm-hmm. like the thermal socks. Literally, five minutes into the game, I was like having a panic attack. I was ripping everything off. It was so hot for us. Um, and I remember after the game, my parents were like, wow, like that must have been so cold for you. I'm like, I'm unbearably hot right now. Really? Like, please get away from me. <laughs> yeah. They like they had like heaters Heated on the benches. Bench. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like for us, it was super comfortable. Um, and it's kind of weird. What people don't realize too is when you're playing in games like that in stadium series, the the sound of the delay of the crowd, it's it's so delayed mm-hmm. that like we would like have a chance in the slot and miss the net, and then like five seconds later, we'd hear like, oh, and we're like, I'm like, why is everybody Can you see? so delayed? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're so far away. Like yeah. for us, it feels like they're on top of us, but um, but yeah, no, I remember, I think we scored on our first shift, me, Carrie and, um, quickie did. Yeah. So we were jacked up. Um, and then actually I had the game on my, I don't want to admit this, but I had the game on my stick that had a bad turnover and quickie gave it to me in front and I tried to go backhand or forehand. I forget who the goalie was, but he just got a pad on it. Uh, I don't remember who it was honestly at the time. Was it Leonard? Might have been Robin. Might have been. It might have been. I don't been. know. I don't know. I have um, to go back and look after. Um, uh, made a great save though. Made a great mm. save. Um, but yeah, no, I remember, uh, I think we were on the power play in overtime. Yeah. And our power play was kind of struggling too, I remember. And I don't remember, it was Brady or McDonough maybe hammered one from the point and JT just crushed it home. It was one of those things that happened so fast that like, it was right in front of our bench. Like, obviously we saw everything and we like celebrated right away and everyone was kind of like, what just happened? And then like, 
because like the, he just turned and just hammered it home and the puck like flew out of the net before like anybody could even realize what had happened like we were already celebrating and buffalo was like what why are you guys celebrating um <laughs> so but I, I actually i was looking at that picture the other day of us celebrating against the glass um no that was that was that was probably top two favorite moments i've i've had playing hockey well now i gotta ask you what the one is <laughs> um I, I gotta say scoring scoring my first nhl goal in pittsburgh too right where you were drafted yeah where i was drafted actually yeah no i i remember that that was um i feel like you didn't even sell it i was just like stunned <laughs> like yeah. i think that was like my it was like my 20 something game and i, was I literally Powell. remember it clearly too like yeah well yeah, yeah. zook i think in zook zook was deep in their zone and i just came off of a change i think and just kind of just threw me a pass in the middle and they were like yelling to me. They're like, boo, like you got to shoot the puck more. Mm-hmm. So I was like, screw it. It's going to rip one. And it literally like hit off of like someone's shin pad. Then like went off of like Jari's like blocker. <laughs> then like threw his five hole. And like, I was like ready to go to the net. And then like it went in and I was like, Oh, it looks like I scored <laughs> like sweet. And I kind of peeled off and Shaddy, I remember Shaddy was there. He's like, dude, like congrats. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like I just scored my first yeah. NHL goal. And I just remember going through like the line and I was like, felt like the weight of the world was just like lifted off of me. And you just feel like every single like practice, 6am skate, bag skate, every hit, every injury, everything you've ever gone through in hockey just feels like it was like worth it at mm-hmm. that second. It was just like everything I've done in my life, every puck I shot in my driveway, just it added up to that one moment and it was just, it was surreal. How many times have you watched that video over and over again? Honestly, I didn't watch it that many times. Cause I just didn't oh, want to like, on. don't lie to me. Wanna, like lose like the magic in it. Like I watched it a couple times after and like when kids pull it up in the gym, they're like, Oh, here's your first goal. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. I try not to. Cause like, I just want to like, that's, I just want to keep it as my memory. I don't want to like see it. I just want it as I remember it. So full of shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I scored my first college goal and my roommate, we, we were in a dorm and I watched it like fucking 30 times that night in the room. And he was like, I watched my know? first college goal. A lot. Yeah, no, I watched college goals way more. Yeah, 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 yeah. In that moment, it's just like, you're also like not used to like seeing yourself like on like TV or something. And like, I don't know, it's like a weird feeling, but. And like hearing someone like say your name. And yeah, like, it's hey. so cool. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, for you, you probably had like Sam Rosen saying it, which is like even cooler. I mean, that's unreal. Like he's a legend. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> Every time I hear Sam Rosen's voice, though, I just think of Tony D'Angelo because he would do oh, God. the best impersonations. <laughs> <laughs> it was to a point that one time we were in Winnipeg and Tony would do like impersonations, but he, he was so good mm-hmm. that all of the media people that would like travel with us actually thought it was Sam coming around the corner and they all kind of like, <laughs> no way. Oh. yeah, and it was just Tony and everyone just lost it. They were just dying laughing like. He literally would just say word for word what Sam would say, and it was spot. Anyone who knows Tony D'Angelo would know yeah. that he, I mean, he's hilarious, but his impersonations were, were they were just something of another planet. It was he, so spot on. He's not a guy that I know personally, and obviously he has his reputation, but I've heard from all the guys that have played with him, like he, like he is so beloved by all of his teammates. Like oh, I really yeah. heard only good things about him. Yeah, no, I mean, I love the guy. He was awesome. He's a great teammate. Um, everyone on our team loved him. I mean, he's just a guy. He's just a great – he's a locker room guy. Um, you know what I mean? He always gets the boys going. He's just mm-hmm. – you could be, you know, up 10 nothing or down 10 nothing. he's got something to say that will lighten the mood. Like, he's, <laughs> he's just kind of that guy, and, like, you kind of just roll with it. Um, no, he's great. So before I let you go, because I know we're kind of on a time crunch here, I just want to ask you, like, one more thing, just somewhat about this current team and how it's set up. I know you're still – very involved in the Rangers and whatnot, um, you know, away from the garden. Like I know you work with the junior Rangers, right? Clinics and everything, but there aren't many players that can touch on it. Right. I think you spent a couple of games playing on your off wing as a lefty, correct on the right wing. And there's a lot of talk right now about Alexi Lafreniere and how, if he wants more ice time, he should play on the right side. Cause that second line right wing position is somewhat up for grabs with Blake Wheeler. But can you, I've tried to talk about it before. I've never played in the NHL, so I can't touch on it from my perspective, but can you talk about just what it's like being a lefty as a right winger playing in the NHL and how difficult it truly is and how it's not an easy adjustment for Lafreniere to make? No, none whatsoever. I mean, the first time I played right wing as a lefty was at Michigan and mm. I got put on the first line like early on in my freshman year. And I was like, cause it, for, let me take a step back for a second. Yeah, yeah. There's like a generational difference um, between like guys like us and even like, I'd say even like Lafreniere because mm. The way we were taught was like, okay, if the puck's on my backhand, there's absolutely no 
rhyme or reason why I should throw this puck to the middle of the ice. Oh, never a backhand pass in the middle. Right? Yeah, never. So you skate yeah. it in and you dump it and you go get it, or you just keep possession on the wall until you have help. Mm-hmm. And I got to Michigan and I was I was a quick player. So like I would fly up the wing, blah, 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 doing my thing down the wing. And Red came up to me in practice and he tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, Why didn't you give that puck to AJ in the middle? AJ Trius was my center. And I was like, mm-hmm. What do you mean? I'm on my backhand. He goes, like at the blue line, at the offensive blue line? Yeah. Oh, like through the neutral zone. He's like, oh, backhand God. sauce, boo. I go, yeah. what? He goes, just throw a backhand saucer pass. I'm like, to the middle of the ice? He's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. And like, <laughs> that was like, biggest I mean, like, yeah, and I'm sure you can relate. Like, we were not taught to do that. Like, that was a no-no. And I started doing it. And now I see all these young, like all the kids we train, these kids will throw backhand passes. Like it's no one's business, but it's awesome. It's the skill development. It's, mm-hmm. it's the difference now. And now for somebody um, like Lafreniere, like he's a skill guy. So like, honestly, yes, it's difficult, but it's also a huge opportunity because you see guys like Panarin, right? Like, yes, you think of a guy like Panarin, you're like, yeah, but he's, you know, this guy, he's this good, blah, 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 blah. But it's still very difficult to play on your off wing. Yeah. But on the plus side of it, a guy that can shoot the puck like Panarin, if you can catch that pass on your back end at full speed, which is an elite level move, which people don't understand, mm-hmm. and then you can cut, gain the blue line and cut across, now that new that whole entire offensive zone is your playground at that point. Like if you can cut across on your forehand at that blue line, you you have you can make any decision you want. You can beat the guy wide, you can cut back to the middle, you can even turn back and wait for another guy. Yeah. You are more feared by the defenseman then say like I have more confidence making a play against the defenseman at that position because he's one stick check away from missing and me going in and scoring. Mm-hmm. And even if he gets a piece of me, someone else is going to be open in that, in that, you know, awkward blue line, two like feet. Second in, wave. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so, I mean, to get back to your question. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's frightening the first couple of times skating up that wing. Um, but I think if you can make that adjustment, you you make a career out of it. And obviously Lafreniere is a, he's a skill guy and he's obviously super young, super talented. Um, he's got a lot of potential. And I think that if he can, if he can figure that out, which I don't see why he wouldn't be able to, mm-hmm. um, I think he can make an awesome career out of it. I mean, just thinking about skating up that wing at MSG with that puck on your back end, that's yeah. world's your oyster at that point. So um, no, I, I think he can make the adjustment. I hope he does. Um, so I think he's a brilliant player and I think he's got a, He's got a good career with the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge year for him. And the way I explain it, just to like kind of go back and forth a little bit on this, and I know you got to go, and I'm sorry if I'm holding you a little bit longer. Oh, good. I promise I'll wrap it up right after this. But I was saying almost defensively, it's just so much harder to when you're breaking out the puck and you're kind of your back is like you have to like look behind you, so yeah. you don't know what's in front of you. And that's obviously like you know you're a hockey coach. Like you, I'm sure you teach kids you should always be looking up ice, right? Like. I think that for me, like that's how I explained it. What what makes it so difficult on your off wing is like you're not open to the entire ice when you receive a pass from the defenseman. Like that's a hundred percent. Yeah. And I was actually doing a drill this morning with some of my kids and like they were skating full speed and they were missing passes on their backhand left and right. And I'm like, guys, like it's tough play to make skating yeah. full stride and catching a hard pass on your backhand, especially like the length of the ice. That's a very difficult play. And so you guys in the NHL do it all the time with ease. You expect them to do it. But it's an elite level skill. Like yeah. it's not something that's easy to do. So, I mean, once you master that, obviously, you know, then then you know you can make your place from there. But, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's definitely an uncomfortable position, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, like coming back low, like I'm looking back. God knows, Cronwell's retired now, but <laughs> yeah, on me, and next thing you know, I'm staring at the lights. So, it's it's tough. But on the other side of it, like it's becoming a faster, more skilled game. So, you know, those hits aren't aren't seen as much and. I feel like that hits kind of leaving the game and it's more of like, Oh, I'd rather just poke check, take the puck away because the defensemen are so skilled. Now I'm on offense kind of thing. So I think that there's a bit of give and take with that um, now, but, um, but, you know, I mean, back to it, I know we keep going off these tangents, but yeah, no, yeah. I, you, I, you're I, the one who has to go. So yeah, no, <laughs> I hope, and I, I think he can figure it out. All right. Now, last thing, give me like one hot take or something about the Rangers going into this season and then I'll, and then I'll let you go. Uh, I think they win the, the Eastern uh, Conference Championship. You do? I do think so. I think I think that Wheeler, I think that having Quick, um, you know, behind Shesterkin when he needs a rest, because, you know, Quick's won two cups. The guy knows what he's doing. He can he can step in for a couple games and show out while Igor, um, you know, gets some rest, because obviously they're going to have to ride Igor again. He's mm-hmm. arguably one of the best goalies in the NHL. And the additions of, like, veterans like Wheeler. Um, and then I, I, the core that's coming back, like, I mean – 
Mika shows out every year. Kreider shows out every year. Like all these guys, like I think they have what it takes. Um, I just think that once they get their their bottom six kind of settled and comfortable and those guys are playing in comfortable like late in games, I think that the top six guys will do their thing. And then once the bottom six guys kind of get like positioned where they should be, I think these guys are going to do it. I don't know. I don't know. After that, I listen, I hope they win the cup because that would be awesome. But I I think they could take the Eastern Eastern Conference this year. I sure hope you're right. But uh, Boo, thank you so much for doing this. And you're welcome on whenever you want. And I'm sure I'll run into you soon. I'm going to play in that tournament, I think, up in uh, the I keep forgetting what the American Dream Mall. American yeah, 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 dude, you have to. Big Apple yeah. Showdown. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, Big no, Apple I, Showdown. I couldn't figure it out, so I just said the mall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, of course. Um, no, dude, thank you for having me. I know it's been a long time coming. And uh, yeah, no, we'll definitely get some more uh, some more chats going soon. Appreciate it, Bill. Thank you. Always, brother. Really want to thank Booney Eves for coming on the show. Awesome talking to him and hearing his stories and what he's up to uh, in his post-career. I'm actually going to plan a hockey tournament with him, I think, in September. So that would be cool. Maybe we'll do some like content stuff on the ice and whatnot maybe mic him up i don't know we'll see but uh busy week for all of us cody i know you got another bachelor party i think right yep yep number five let's go yeah it's insane uh i'll be in chicago avery on the move as always yeah doing nothing look at this, <laughs> always, look at this chris jury gold coin oh Pretty snap sick. dude you make that yeah. yourself no i found it oh. here we're gonna try to get an episode for next monday but we can't promise it we're all on the move this week so bear with us uh, I think that's really it for this week's episode. Cody, you want to send it off? Avery, any final thoughts or no? Nah, just uh, it's always good to get back with you guys. It's always nice to be in the lab. It sucks there's nothing going on. I know. It really but... does suck. There's like negative news. I'm like, so I report. I report. It's actually I like to report every three minutes. And there's it nothing. is a little mentally refreshing, though, because I am like a certified psychopath during the Ranger season. So it's nice to have a little bit of time off, even though the weather I don't know if anybody lives on the East Coast who's listening to this. I'm sure there are brutal. a couple, but uh, it is bru- it was yeah. brutal yesterday. Brutal. Dude, it's going to be 104 degrees in Texas. Yeah, yeah Texas. man. Sucks. But today oh, is man. so nice out. Like I, I'm so ready to get off this and go outside. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Send it, it off, Cody. We want to go outside. All right, LFGR, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.